0: hello and welcome to and let's be heard for tuesday july 25th 2023 i'm mike kichopoli you should know my name by now right how many times I have to say my own name really how many times do I have to say my own name you know who i am why do i know who you are i don't know i don't know everybody but i do know some of you and as always i thank you for listening um, I think I'll get right into what I want to talk about instead of, instead of pussyfooting around it. I think I'll get right into it. Look, I've talked before about how Trump is a cult. It's not a candidate. It's not a person. <laughs> it's not a movement. It's a cult. Trump is a cult. And the Democrats know this. Now, Democrats have a lot of problems. They do. But the people who run the party, the DNC, know that the Trump cult can be played because they're a cult. They're a dumb cult. I don't think they're deplorables. I just think they're fucking idiots. And the DNC knows this. They know they can be played. So they're playing them like a piano to try to get Trump nominated because they know Trump will get destroyed. Remember, I want to remind everyone. I know twenty twenty is such a long time ago in American culture, but um, Biden won by seven million votes. Okay, Biden three years ago won by seven million votes, and he got the most votes ever for president of the United States: eighty one million votes. Joe Joe Biden, not FDR, not LBJ, not. JFK, not Barack Obama. Joe Biden got the most votes ever because he was running against Trump. Okay. If he ran against anyone else, if he ran against anyone else, um, he would not have gotten, uh, 81 million votes. Okay. He wouldn't have come close to getting 81 million votes against anyone else. So, um, just a reminder that. He got 81 million votes, the most votes ever for president of the United States of America. I don't know how many times I have to say that. Now, of course, the Trump cult will say, well, it was rigged. All those votes were added You know, the Malins. It was, you know, people voted seven times. But the truth of the matter is he got it because he was running against Donald Trump. Right. So. People came out to vote against Donald Trump. They didn't care about Joe Biden. It could have been Joe Schmo <laughs> running against Donald Trump. They came out and they voted against Donald Trump. This is without indictments. Okay. This is without indictments. Yes. This is with two impeachments, but with no indictments. Okay. He's about to be indicted for the third time. Okay. So he's going to go into the election, if he's the nominee, with at least three indictments, possibly more, possibly a conviction or two to go along with it. So the indictment less, the conviction free Trump lost by 7 million votes to Joe Biden. So the Democratic Party knows this. They know that they will defeat Trump. Okay. Um, And so they want him to be the nominee. So what do they do? They continue to do these things that irk his cult, that get his cult even more upset, right? And to get gullible Republicans who want, like, to get revenge. We're going to get our revenge. Every time they do it, we'll show them. We'll show them. We're going to vote for Trump. We'll show them. Well, they're doing exactly what the Democrats want them to do, to show them and vote for Trump and make him the nominee. So they're going to continue to do this with indictments and with, you know, kicking the hornet's nest and making them upset. So they know that. They know it's a cult. They know they're dumb. They're easily played. And they're going to play them to victory. Now, this is not just going to be Biden getting the White House again and Kamala then getting the White House very quickly soon after. It's also going to be Speaker Jeffries. It's also going to be control of the Senate, taking back the Supreme Court, so I want people to understand all of that. It's not just going to be one person, the president. It's going to be the House. It's going to be Speaker of the House, the Senate, and the Supreme Court. So that's what is that is at stake. And the Democrats know that. They know their best chance to get all those victories is to have Trump as the nominee and locked in. And the Republicans not able to go anywhere else after the primary is over. And so they're playing. They continue to play the cult. Now, today, I've talked about this before. Trump writes the press releases. Yes, someone else may technically write his campaign press releases, but he really writes them. Um, today, earlier today, they put out, they, they, now, most of his press releases are horrible. They're juvenile. They're vicious. They are dumb. They're idiotic. But this was the worst. And this, from what I understand, is even losing some of his supporters. Now, I don't believe he's losing his cult, not the not the inner cult circle. They will never abandon him. They like this stuff. They want more of it. But there are some people who are on the fence, and he's lost them. This is what it, it, it read. July 25, 2023, Trump, Make America Great Again, 2024, Bedminster, New Jersey. Unholy Alliance. DeSantis campaign colluding with Biden's weaponized DOJ to stop President Trump and the MAGA movement. From inception, the DeSantis campaign was doomed. Beginning with a total failure to launch, Ron DeSantis has warmly embraced establishment rhinos and never Trumpers. Despite millions of dollars spent to promote his candidacy, Ron finds a way to fall to new all-time lows with every coming poll. Now, amid yet another failed reboot, DeSantis and his establishment handlers have resorted to directly parroting the talking points of radical leftists. When Ron DeSantimonious was most recently summoned before donors to explain his flailing campaign, his top lieutenants admitted to lighting donor money on fire. Though even more telling, a top DeSantis fundraiser confessed that their strategy relied on endless political prosecutions of Trump by radical leftist prosecutors. As the DeSantis campaign continues to utterly collapse, Ron has shown he's willing to take the side of deranged Marxist prosecutors and the radical left for any shot at stopping the nosedive that he has left him in third place, heading only South. Now we know that Trump wrote that. That's 100 percent Donald Trump. It's absolutely unhinged. It's absolutely deranged. And of course, it flies in the face of actual facts and evidence, which is that we know that the left wants these Trump indictments to help Trump. These indictments, as we know, help Trump. They don't help Ron DeSantis. They help Donald Trump. That's why with every indictment, he seems to go up Trump in the polls. If they helped Ron DeSantis, DeSantis would go up. Trump would plummet in the polls with every indictment. So, of course, this flies in the face of actual common sense, actual evidence, which is that the indictments help Trump. So the last thing Ron DeSantis wants is more indictments. Stop with the indictments because they only help him. And so we know this is total bullshit. Obviously, it's also total bullshit and with no evidence whatsoever that he's in collusion with the, the Biden Department of Justice. And at every step, with every indictment, he has come out and said, as he has said once again today, that these indictments are politically motivated and he'll end this kind of politically motivated attacks when he is president of the United States. OK, so every time this has happened to Trump, DeSantis comes right out. And defends Trump and says this is the politicization of the Department of Justice. So not only does he always defend Trump, okay, but he also knows that it always helps Trump every time there's an indictment. So this ridiculousness with saying that DeSantis is now in cahoots with Biden and the leftists and the Department of Justice and Marxist prosecutors has even lost people who were maybe deciding... To vote for trump or who definitely had voted for trump in the past the man is insane he's certifiable look i'll say it people don't want to say it this country this world would be better if trump and biden were no longer on this earth there's no doubt about this really there's no doubt about it if you woke up tomorrow and found out that age had finally gotten to Trump and Biden. Would you be upset? Let's be honest, I want honesty. I don't want feel good shit, okay? That's for the left, feel good shit, feel good nonsense. Most people, and it's backed up by polls, people don't want Trump or Biden again. The majority of Americans don't want either of them to have another term. But really, think about it. If you woke up tomorrow and found out that age, age, had finally gotten, oh, age, or you know, age. It could be, you know, natural causes. It could be the, could be the, 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 the vaccine, which is killing more people every day now. But if you woke up tomorrow and you found out that that was it, Trump and Biden gone, would you? Would you care? Would you? Would you feel good or bad? I want to know. I know. I'd feel great. I would feel like the world. Forget about the country. The world is better off without either of these guys being involved. Look, if they were just ordinary citizens, I wouldn't care. There are a lot of jerks out there. There are a lot of jack-offs, a lot of douchebags out there on both sides of the political spectrum, but not with the power that these two men have and the, the power that these two men wield. So, yes, there's no doubt to me the world would be a better place, not just the country, the world, if Trump and Biden were not around anymore. Um. And that is a sad statement that I, like, hope that this... I mean, these are my hopes when I wake up, that Trump and Biden are no longer around, and that Aaron Boone has been fired as manager of the Yankees. That, that's a, that's where my life stands. That's where my life stands right now. So, and those of you who are Yankee fans out there, who are sports ball fans, especially Yankee fans, understand my sentiment on that. Um, but it's it, it simply... I think unspoken by most people that we no longer want these two men around anymore. They are, they are poison. They're political, not just political poison. They're societal poison. We have Joe Biden who's been a career liar and now we know a career criminal. This Biden enterprise, this criminal enterprise has gotten away with this for 50 years now. Well, I don't know. Maybe he wasn't a criminal in 1972. I don't know if you start out a criminal. But at some point over the 50 years, he became a criminal and his family decided they knew how they were learning how to basically be a criminal enterprise. Right. And uh, that's what you get when you don't have term limits. Right. If there were term limits, that probably never would have happened. But the power that Biden wielded for 50 years, constantly getting reelected by idiot voters, going from Congress to Senate to vice president to the presidency, finally. Um, has corrupted him and he learned how to make money that way. Right? He learned how to make money being a supposed to be a public servant, but he learned how to enrich his family illegally, criminally, knowing that it would be much more difficult if he were Republican, but with the media being ninety percent on his side, he could get away with it. And that's why when people say, well, all right, now it's over, you know, how many times you have to hear that, now it's over. Now it, it's not because th- he still has 90% of the media on his side. So now, no matter how much evidence comes out, now that he's president and it's tougher to hide this stuff, maybe that's what he, that maybe that's what finally got Joe Biden. He was able to hide this until he was the top dog. And then once you're the top dog, even though he had been in politics for a half century and had a lot of power and was a very important political figure until you're the top dog they're maybe not going to come after you, right? So now he's the top dog, and all of this stuff is being revealed. His son's entanglements in China, the illegal sales of his, you know, the the, the sales of his uh, ridiculous art, millions of dollars to his art, to donors, the complications there, the illegal, the unethical criminal acts, as far as him knowing about his son's business and being involved in his son's business and telling the press he never Talk to his son about the business, and now we know that at least 24 times he was put on the phone by his son, okay, to help strong arm people. So all of this stuff is coming out, right? So you have, and I say, where the smoke, there's fire, right? So Trump's about to be indicted for a third time. Look. Whether you believe these indictments would happen if it wasn't if he wasn't Donald Trump, if he wasn't running for president again um, or not, whether you believe there's, you know, legally they would be brought on most people, these indictments or not. You have to say a lot of the stuff he still brings on himself, right? Like with the documents. Let's talk about the documents for a second. Well, let's talk about Stormy Daniels, just his entanglement with someone like that. But also the the, the documents. He didn't have to hold on to them for so long. He didn't have to. But you know Trump. He's like, no, these are mine. You can't have them. Fuck you. So he brings a lot of this stuff on himself. He really does. And it's almost like he wants to make it as difficult as possible for them to get the documents from him and go through hoops and beg him and plead him and so on and so forth where he could have just given them back, not taken them with him whatever it may have been. He brings this stuff on himself because he's such an asshole. He's such a fucking asshole. He's such a, he's so insane. He's so psychologically unstable that he brings a lot of this. In other words, he makes it easier for his enemies to do this stuff to him. That's just a fact. Once again, whether you agree with these indictments, and there are some legal scholars who say they do, and some legal scholars who say they don't. But whether you agree with it or not, he brings this stuff on himself. He brings this soap opera element onto himself. It's his fault. Now, very interesting. I thought of something today. African-Americans, not all of them, some African-Americans and Donald Trump have something in common. And you say, well, what do African-Americans and Donald Trump have in common? Well, a lot of them like to play the victim. Same thing with a lot of gay people, a lot of gays, blacks, those quote-unquote marginalized groups, trans groups. They're always playing the victim, right? We're always the victim of something. There's some football player who just came out. I don't follow football the way I follow baseball and hockey, but there's some football player who came out and said all these horrible things he's done. He has a has a checkered history, and he, he said, oh, it's not my fault. They should talk about my childhood, my upbringing. Always playing. The victim, this victimization. And Trump is always the victim of something. Everything. His whole campaign is about how he's so victimized. Oh, the rigged election. Oh, the indictments. Oh, my God. The sanctimonious is not loyal to me. He's unloyal. Everything is a victim. He's a victim of everything. So Trump and these marginalized groups like African-Americans, gays, trans, they all have that in common where they're always playing the victim instead of taking the responsibility they want to t- they want to play the victim all the time it's this constant victimization and trump's campaign is all about it every single press release they put out is about how they're victims of something now most of it is lies right it's all lies right like this last one which is finally pushing some people over of the edge and say i'm not going to support this guy and even more dangerous to republicans is that some people are saying that even if he's the nominee these are republicans he's not they're not going to vote they're not going to vote for him that's the danger you have with donald trump is that he will alienate people along the way to a possible nomination as well where they will say i'm not going to vote for him i'm one of them remember about five you know up until a few months ago i was saying that i will vote for whoever The Republican nominee is against Joe Biden. Now I'm not too sure. You see what I mean? This is what he's doing. This is what Trump is doing. He's making people like disgusted to fill in his name, whether it's in a primary or in a general election. And that's very, very dangerous because that means that gives Biden an even better chance of winning. But like I said, it's this constant victimization and this absolute nonsense that – DeSantis, I mean, it's I, even talking about it, I feel like an idiot because it's so stupid that DeSantis is disloyal because he's running for president against the great Donald Trump. Like this is owed. Now, once again, this shows the hypocrisy of Trump and his cultists, where they were the ones who were who were slapping Hillary in the face and her supporters for saying it's her time. Right. It's her time. Do you remember that? Hillary and her supporters said, who's this Donald Trump? He's never even been in politics. It's Hillary's time. It's her time. And Trump and his supporters rightfully said, no, you have to earn it. But now all of a sudden, it's his time. And how dare DeSantis run against him? So it was okay for Trump to run against Hillary Clinton, but it's not okay for Ron DeSantis to run against the great Donald Trump. So once again, this shows the hypocrisy, but I understand it. It is is hypocritical. It is absolutely idiotic because anyone can run against anybody at any time for any office. You have to earn it, especially president. You have to earn becoming president. You don't just get it because you had it before, okay? So of course it's idiotic on the surface, but they're in a cult, so they don't care. They don't care. That's the thing about the cult. And that's what Democrats are playing so well. They know it. They know his supporters are so fucking stupid that they'll fall for this. Hey, let's indict him again. He goes up another three points in the polls. Let's indict him again. He goes up. And that's why, of course, it's so ridiculous for the Trump Come out and say that the De San- Desantis, the De sanctimonious as he calls them, wants him to be indicted. Every time he's indicted, they shriek because they know his idiot supporters support him even more. So this is what we're dealing with here, and this is very dangerous. This is very da- look. I'll say it again. I believe Ron DeSantis in the end. The end isn't now. The end isn't November. In the end, we'll win the primary fairly easily. And we'll go on to defeat Biden or Newsom easily. But this is a very dangerous game. It's very dangerous that someone like Donald Trump could actually have a real chance. A real chance that someone who's so mentally unstable could actually have a real chance to become president again, or if he were to win the primary, Joe Biden would have a great chance of becoming president again at 82 with no faculties whatsoever, right? He can't walk straight. He can't talk straight. He doesn't know where he is half the time. He's got Alzheimer's and he can become president again. So this is what I mean when I say, if I woke up tomorrow and I found out that, age father time had finally gotten to trump and biden i wouldn't shed a tear i'd be very happy i'd be very happy because i would know the world is better because of it the country will be better the world would be better not having them in politics anymore not having them possibly be president for four more years and once again this would never be the case if we simply had Age limits for running for president—something that's very simple—as an age limit, we have a we have an age minimum. Why not have an age maximum? There was once again that doesn't make any sense that we should have a minimum but not a maximum. That's some, and it certainly doesn't make sense that someone can't be president yet at thirty-four, but at ninety-nine they can be president. Doesn't make any really come on, people. Does that make any fucking sense that at thirty-four you can't be president, but at ninety-nine you can? Of course not. So what we need to do is make a maximum age. Make a ma- Once again, I, I think that's the best route here because we're seeing that people – we know that people lose it at a certain age. We're not seeing it. We know it. We're just seeing it more than ever because we have two 80-year-olds running for president. Um, but – we know that. We know that once you get to a certain age, you know, come on, where else can an 80-year-old, most 80-year-olds can't even get a job as a Walmart. Once you're 80, that's even old for a Walmart greeter. And yet they can be present of the United States. It's silly. It's stupid. So the best thing to do is to make a maximum age where you cannot run. And we can talk about that. We can discuss that. We can discuss it, right? What the age should be somewhere between probably – 70 and 75, I would say. But if you're not going to do that, then take away the minimum age. If you're not going to have a maximum age, it's only fair that you shouldn't have a minimum age or make it the voting age, 18. So an 18-year-old can run for president. Because the way it is now is absolutely ridiculous. It makes absolutely no sense. And no one wants to talk about this. see, it's uncomfortable to talk about – is this uncomfortable to talk about age – is it uncomfortable to talk about? It? I'm going to make this a show of uncomfortable things to talk about, okay? Let's make it a show of uncomfortable things. There'll be another uncomfortable thing in a few minutes that I want to talk about. But let's let's make it about that because I'm tired of people pussyfooting around this issue, okay? No one in their right mind believes either these guys at their age should be president again. And remember, it's not like they're just president for a year. If it's four years, it takes them into well into their 80s. I think Biden would be 86 or something and still be president. It's insane. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. It's idiotic. It's moronic. And it shouldn't be. So let's just get it out there and talk about it, period. They're both too old and they shouldn't be able to run for president again. And the world would be a better place if they couldn't. The world, not just the country, the world would be a better place if Trump or Biden could no longer run for president of the United States. You know it. I know it. Everyone knows it. We'd be just fine. Believe me. We Believe me. We'd survive. We would survive if only RFK and DeSantis could run, okay? If RFK and DeSantis were the frontrunners, we'd be okay. I think we'd be fine. I think we could survive without the names Trump and Biden in 2025. I think we can do it. I really do. I really do. Um... Yeah, and like someone says in the comments on this ridiculous Trump press release. Remember, this is from Max Alago. I love it. Max Alago on on Twitter, on X, on X. (laughs) Reminder, don't give a principled defense of Mr. Trump on anything. He will turn around and accuse you of doing the exact opposite. No wonder he can't get good people to work for him. Yes, and he expects, we know this. We know this from his time in politics as president in his hires and also in his business business dealings before is that he believes in one way loyalty. You're loyal to me. That's it. He doesn't have to be loyal to anyone else. It doesn't matter that DeSantis backed him for president in 2020. It doesn't matter that DeSantis backs him every time he's indicted. It doesn't matter. No. One way loyalty he doesn't have to be loyal in return. You have to be loyal to him. What does that sound like? Who, who, who believes in one-way loyalty? A king. A king. A king believes in one-way loyalty. The king does not have to be loyal to you. But you better be loyal to the king. Right? That's what Trump believes he is. He is a king. And he needs to be humbled needs to lose his crown at the very least. But it's good to see there are people – now, once again, this is the world of X. So I don't know – I don't know how much it's the real world because we know maybe about – only about 4% of Republican voters use Twitter. So it's a very small percentage. So we don't know. But I do see people on Twitter saying that's it. This is the last straw, right? That's it. I was on the fence – and I'm not going to vote for him now. So hopefully, with something like this, he's going to lose people. That's 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 my hope and my dream. Um, there's other stuff going on, believe it or not, other than Trump and DeSantis. So, Gutfeld, Greg, Gutfeld, comma Greg, he is on a very you know he has his own show on on Fox News, Gutfeld at 10 o'clock Eastern now. But he also is a part of the Five which is on five o'clock Eastern every day. It's actually the highest rated show on television and it's five people, right? And it's usually four conservatives and and one liberal. And, uh, he made some remarks. This was in response to, oh, we'll talk about Kamala. Of course, Kamala hasn't gone to the border. The borders are, hasn't gone to the border, but she goes to Florida to protest their, the way they're teaching kids in schools. Um, so they were talking on The Five, Jessica Tarlov, the, the liberal, and, uh, and she was talking about um, – they were debating the new education stuff in Florida, which requires middle schoolers to be taught that slaves learn skills they could use to their personal benefit, which is, of course, true. Um, and it's actually emboldening. What it says is slaves – Learned slaves could learn things, right? To help them, to help their case, to help their cause, which is all true and actually good. Okay. Because it doesn't matter. It's like, it doesn't matter how bad. In other words, if slaves in the situation they were in could learn skills to use to their personal benefit, it shouldn't stop any of us from learning. Okay. To further ourselves. And it's actually true. It's actually true. The more you knew, As a slave, the more you learned, the better chance you had to better yourself and, and survive and maybe be smart and, and, and get out of your situation. It's always better to know more than to know less. Plus, that's a, that's a true thing. That's true. It's not, it's not made up. It's not fake news. It's real. So anyway. And, you know, so there's backlash from from civil rights leaders, sparking debate about history and race and slavery should be taught in the schools, so on and so forth. And so, you know, Harris went down there and um, accused Florida education officials of of gaslighting. Um, So Tarlov on Fox defended Harris, saying that she's uncomfortable with the idea of allowing middle schools to be taught that some enslaved people benefited from and benefited from enslavement. Um but they didn't benefit from that's not that's not in the curriculum. It's not saying enslavement was good. That's a lie. It's not that they benefited from enslavement. They benefited from learning things and knowing more and getting that edge. That's what they benefited from. Okay? And on top of that, look at the hypocrisy of the liberal. This is uncomfortable to them. To teach middle schoolers this but to teach kindergartners about sex change, that's fine. That's okay. To have books in kindergartens Showing pictures of boys going down on each other. That's okay. This, oh, this is so uncomfortable, though. This is uncomfortable. They're such hypocrites. Anyway, I kind of digress. What Tarlov said was, obviously, I'm not black, but I'm Jewish. What someone say about the Holocaust, for instance, that there were some benefits for Jews, right? While you were hanging out in concentration camps, you learned a strong work ethic, right? Maybe you learned a new skill, she said. Gutfeld. Um, responded by saying that some scholars have made the case that individuals in concentration camps needed to develop skills to survive. Did you ever reach man's search for meaning? Vic Frankel talks about how you had to survive in the concentration camp by having skills. You had to be useful. Utility. Utility helped keep you alive. He referred to the autobiography of Frankel, an Austrian physicist and survivor of the Holocaust, Who detailed how he found personal meaning through his experiences in concentration camps. He remarks how the remarks drew rebuke from the Auschwitz Birkenau Memorial and Museum, which in a lengthy statement posted Twitter on Tuesday explained that it is essential to contextualize his remarks. So what they said in their very long tweet, and I'll pull that up in a second. Yes, this is one of those tweets that you can only do if you have Twitter blue like me. It's like a 5,000-word tweet. So they said that they wanted – They anyway, they gave it some contextualization, right, um, which is fine. Okay. The statement notes that while some Jews may have used their skills or usefulness to increase their chances of survival, his remarks do not represent the complex history of the genocide. No kidding. So – He's on a show which they each get about a minute to speak. So is he supposed to go into this lengthy uh, discussion, this war and peace-like discussion over this? Of course not. Yes, they added context to it. Wonderful, great, good for them. It's not his job, Greg Gottfeld, to add context to it. He doesn't have the time. It's a fucking hour-long TV show where they have six subjects that they cover with five of them talking about each subject. How fucking stupid is this? It really is. What is Gutfeld supposed to do? Do a dissertation on this whole thing? What he said, his statement was true. And it wasn't written by him. It was written by a fucking concentration camp survivor. Yes, of course, as the Auschwitz Museum said, having these skills didn't guarantee that they'd survive. Of course it didn't guarantee. Greg Gutfeld never said that. The Auschwitz guy never said that. He simply said learning the skills gave you a better chance, increased your odds, because then you were seen as useful to the nut jobs who ran the concentration camp. So what's what's the problem with that? You, you if you were a slave and you you, you learn skills, you were more useful to these slave drivers. You were more useful to them. You'd work yourself up. you work yourself out of the cotton fields, maybe into the kitchen, maybe into the house. Okay, that's true. What is wrong with talking about the fucking truth? This is the problem with liberals. Everything has to feel good. It doesn't matter if it's fact. It doesn't matter if it's true. If it doesn't feel good, you can't talk about it. If it doesn't feel good, you have to pretend it didn't exist. If it doesn't feel good, you can't teach it. This is Viktor Frankl. This was his observation. This was his. These people These people who, who run this museum know nothing more about being in the concentration camp than anyone around now. Viktor Frankl was in the concentration camp. He said learning skills helped. So are they calling Viktor Frankl a liar? Is Viktor Frankl saying they were a good thing, concentration camps? No, he's not. He's talking about his experience. And that's what Gutfeld was talking about, the connection between those two things, that learning those skills upped your odds at surviving or having a better existence in that horrible situation. And there's nothing wrong with what Gutfeld said and on a TV show where he's not even the only host – And he's got about 10 seconds to talk about each issue. He doesn't need to go into this long contextualization that the museum went into. This is the problem with liberals. Everything has to feel good. It doesn't matter if it's true or not. The truth, reality, doesn't always feel good. It's not always about feeling good. When you teach things to students, you don't have to teach things that always make them feel good. History is not always about feeling good. History is often really bad. We're going through it now with Trump and Biden. Maybe one day they'll teach kids what a fucking disaster it was that we had to go through Biden and Trump for a decade. I hope they do because I'm feeling it now. Maybe I'll write about it. Remember, I might about my experiences going through the Trump and Biden days and having learning skills helped me survive the fucking thing. These people always want to pretend that we have to sugarcoat everything. Everything needs to be sugarcoated. So what they want to teach kindergartners is that, oh, it's okay. If you feel like cutting your dick off, it's, that makes you feel better. Let's talk about how it's okay to do that. But no, no, we can't teach. We can't teach about the history of racism or the Holocaust or real things that don't feel good. We can't talk about any of that stuff. We can't talk about that. We can't talk about those uncomfortable things like slaves or people in concentration camps needing to develop skills to survive. Can't talk about that even though it actually happened. Why would you feel uncomfortable teaching kids about things that actually happened? Because a liberal always has to feel good. It's always got to be about I feel good. I want I want everyone to feel good. So I totally back Greg Gutfeld. When I when I saw he made first of all, isn't he Jewish? Isn't Gutfeld Jewish? I think he's Jewish. And there's no downplaying the horrors of the Holocaust. In fact, when you talk about the need to learn a skill to survive that kind of upplays the horrors of the holocaust doesn't downplay it don't worry if a liberal had said that it wouldn't bother them or they'd be very nice they'd say well that's true but let's add a little bit of context they wouldn't say he's downplaying the horrors of the holocaust simply by paraphrasing a guy who was in the fucking holocaust my god it's it's really just sometimes.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: It's difficult sometimes. It's difficult, It really is. And part of it is this: having a certain narrative you want to push, right? You got to push that narrative, right? That if a conservative says something, it's got to be wrong, right? It's got to be wrong. There's got to be some nefarious reason for them saying it. Forget that they are, the conservatives are uh, uh, more pro-Israel than anybody else. Conservatives are the ones who are pro-Israel. They're not pro-Palestine. The liberals are the ones who are pro-Palestine. So what are these people talking about? There's no consistency in anything they talk about. Going on to another subject. So, uh, not if you heard about LeBron James's 18-year-old son had a heart attack. The kid's 18 years old. He's a top elite athlete who's a basketball player who's uh, following in his uh, father's footsteps. And uh, he had a heart attack. Had a heart attack. 18-year-old. Not just any ordinary 18. Not an 18-year-old who's like 300 pounds who's sitting there playing video games or tweeting. We're talking about... A top athletic 18-year-old in great, perfect shape, ripped body, who plays sports all the time, who had never had any problems before the COVID vaccine, who just uh, had a heart attack. And so now is brought up the subject once again of the, uh, the shots and myocarditis. And um, this is the problem. This is what I've talked about so many times on this show, is that they knew this vaccine was dangerous. They knew it. They knew it would cause heart problems, right? But what they also knew, which is why these people need to go to jail, is that there'd be no way to prove this. So this is this is what I want to talk to Peter McCullough about. Is that when can we start proving it? When can we make the link between the vaccine, you know, the boosters, whatever, and myocarditis, or let's say these these uh, events, right? Heart attacks, strokes, seizures. How, how do we make the connection? Because what they count on is that we never can. And so, whenever something like this happens, no matter how many times it happens, I'm a crazy conspiracy. We're all crazy conspiracy theorists who are bringing it up. And that's what I'm guessing they were betting on when they started putting these things in people's arms that they knew there'd be a very good chance that they'd cause this stuff. But then they also knew that we wouldn't be able to prove it. So they knew, oh, they'll just, we'll just call them all conspiracy freaks trumpers anti-vaxxers and people can die forever and no one's going to be able to make the link so that's my question is we can talk about we know it we know the vaccine is causing myocarditis it caused strokes it's causing seizures it's causing death that's a fact but how do we prove it that's my question and will we ever be able to prove it as Ryan Fournier says on Twitter, I don't care what anyone says, and neither do I. There's absolutely no way you can convince me that all these athletes passing out and having heart issues is all of a sudden normal. It's not. And it's becoming very concerning, actually. And if you read these comments, people are saying the same thing. It can't be a coincidence. At some point, the mainstream media will acknowledge it, and history is going to look back on it as a medical tragedy. The left is trying hard to make this seem normal. It's not. So... Once again, and then there are people who are defending it, saying, oh, it, it it's normal. It happens all the time, which is what they're counting on. And so my fear is that they can keep doing that. They can keep saying, no, it's normal. Yeah, bad things happen, even to healthy people. When can we start proving there has to be a way to prove it, right? There has to be. But when are we going to start doing that? And what doctors, here, here's the bigger question. What doctors will take the initiative and start doing that? What doctors will actually have the balls to start looking into this stuff and making the connection and proving it? Who will be the first doctor to prove the link between the vaccines and these cardiac events, and these strokes, and these blood clots, and seizures. Instead of people just saying, well, it probably is. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah, it is. Most likely it is. It definitely is. But we can never prove it. And if you can never prove it, how do you prosecute these people? Right? How do you prosecute these people in a court of law if you can't prove this? If you can't prove the link, because I believe all along that's what they're counting on is the inability to actually ever prove this and the idea, the understanding that there are no doctors who will take the initiative and even try to do it. And the medical community will just jump on people and say, no, this is all uh you're 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 having conspiracies. It's a conspiracy. But we do know the fact of the matter is, this is not a court of law. It is, it's true. We know this. The vaccines were dangerous. The vaccines have caused heart problems, they've caused myocarditis. We know because we have facts. We have higher mortality rates, we have more young people dying than we had before. We know the myocarditis, doctors and nurses are now saying they've seen cases that they never saw before. The amount of cases that they've even thought about myocarditis before. And now they're seeing many more cases. The cases are exploding. So the numbers are there. The facts are there in black and white. But there's no one who's making the link between these increased numbers and the COVID vaccine. Once again, a link that you can use in a court of law. And when will that ever happen? And will there be any accountability if that can't happen? I, I, I believe it wholeheartedly. We're going to see more and more of this stuff because there's no time limit on this because the vaccine stays in your system and also because people keep getting boosters, especially older people. So I think this is all going to get worse and worse and worse. And so we're going to see more and more young people having heart attacks, young people dying, uh, people getting uh, seizures and strokes. And, but once again, will we ever be able to prove it? Will we ever be able to prove the link between all this and the, and the juice, the vaccine juice? Well, one guy we can blame, because we do know these vaccines were neither safe nor effective, is uh, the father of the uh, vaccines. Who's the father of the COVID vaccine? Who's the father of the COVID vaccine? Well, he'll actually readily admit it still, and that's Donald Trump. Donald Trump is the father of the COVID vaccine. And yet he still goes out there. All we know about how they were never effective, how they never stopped the spread, how they're causing health issues. He still goes out there and touts it as though it's this huge achievement. And his cult is so strong that these people hate the vaccine. They have always hated the vaccine. Many of them never even got the vaccine because they hate it so much. Yet he is the father of it. Continues to admit he's the father of it, take credit for it, and it does nothing to shake his cult. (laughs) Can you imagine that? This is how strong this cult is. It doesn't matter. If the vaccine hurt or killed you or your loved ones, it doesn't matter if you're in the Trump cult, that he takes credit for that death or injury. You're still backing him. That's how insane this cult is, this could be, and I, I don't think I'm overstating this, the most dangerous cult in the history of the world, more dangerous than any cult that's come before, more dangerous than, I know, the Koresh, more dangerous than the, the people who when the sweatpants and flew into outer space, more dangerous than Jim Jones, more dangerous than Chuck Manson. This could be the most dangerous cult in the history of the world. Nothing shakes their love for this douchebag. Nothing. And I don't know where – once again, psychologically, I will need to have some kind of a psychiatrist on here to talk about this because I don't know where it comes from. I don't know – I there are bits and pieces I get, right? I get the anti-establishment thing. I get the outsider thing. But there have been anti-establishment people before Bernie there have been you know, kind of outside the mainstream beltway. Kucinich, there have, been, there have been candidates like this before. But what is it about this guy? What is it about this guy where he's able to develop this cult? Kucinich at the time, Howard Dean at the time, they had strong followings. Bernie had a very, very, very strong following. I was part of it. But it wasn't this cult where their person, their candidate, the individual that there's their cult leader could do no wrong. And I don't understand totally psychologically the hold that this man has on these people, which is once again why I would not be upset if I woke up tomorrow and he were no longer with us because that hold, at least to some point anyway, would be over. And it's a very sick, cancerous, grotesque hold that he has on people. And once again, psychologically, I can't put my finger on it because there have been times when I've agreed with him in the past, right? There have been times when I've had sympathy for his plight in the past, but I've never been enveloped in his cult. So I I don't know where it comes from. I don't know what I have. What do I have in me that these people don't have in them? What is what? Are, what are they lacking that the rest of us who are not in that cult have? What is it, and what is the connection that he has on them? Well, the woke is a dangerous thing too, but it's a. But that's not one person, Daniel. Right? That's like a. That's like a woke thing. That's like a. I don't even call the it movement. It's a thing that's happening. But that that doesn't even have – I don't think that's even going to have the sustaining – the sustainability, the power that this guy has. Remember, this is one person. I'm not talking about an idea. I'm not talking about trans stuff or woke stuff. I'm talking about one individual comparing – I want to compare Trump to like David Koresh. I want to compare Trump to like Charles Manson, to Jim Jones, that kind of a thing where it's one person, a cult leader. Woke doesn't have – necessarily a cult leader it has a lot of people involved in it who believe in it whether they'll admit, admit it to it or not and of course a lot of them even change the definition of what it means a lot of them like wear it as a badge i'm very woke i'm bum i've seen it i'm glad to be woke i'd rather be woke than asleep they don't even understand what it means well they don't want to admit what it means but this is like a separate thing this is a guy this is one individual this is a person Let's put it this way, if any one person who, who was part of the woke movement, if any one person who was like, who you'd say, oh, that person is too woke. If they went away, that would not die with them. This guy controls everything. If this guy went away, where are they left? What are they left with? It's like, you know, Jim Jones or, or, or any cult leader. Once that cult leader is gone, the movement usually, the cult usually dies. And this, this is a, this is like one person having, having such a, 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 an immense hold on people where no, where facts, every fact is impervious. Every fact is impervious to their, to their cult worship of him. I mean, seriously. You think, once again, uh, I'm thinking like a sane person when I think, well, uh, I'm a Republican and I'm a, I'm a Trump supporter, but uh, I love DeSantis because of the, what he did during COVID. And I know he was the best Republican on COVID and I was, and I was loving him during COVID. And I, and I know people who have moved to Florida, maybe I live in Florida, moved to Florida and all this great stuff that I love Ron DeSantis for. Now I'm going to hate him because my cult member says I could hate him or I should hate him. That's what I'm talking about. That's an incredible hold, man. It really is. It's like, I know deep in my heart, someone's a good person. Someone's done good things. And I've actually said many times how great this person is. But now my cult leader says I must hate them. And so not only do I hate them, I pretend everything that I loved about them, I hate about them now. That is something, come on, we've never seen that before. We've never seen that before. It's incredibly bizarre. That's something we talk about history and writing about history and writing about the history of the Holocaust or slavery or COVID. But I think they're going to be books upon books upon books about this Trump cult. And I really hope that they're written by people without any kind of like political narrative they want to push real good, you know, like Freudian like psychologists who can maybe really get to the root of this at some point. Because I think it's incredibly scary. I think it's incredibly dangerous. And I'm seeing that more and more now, right? We're seeing it now, how this country can really, Trump's not going to be president again. I want to make that clear. That's not what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of Biden and Kamala Harris being president. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of Gavin Newsom being president i'm afraid of the supreme court going back the other way again i'm afraid of uh you know speaker of the house hakeem jeffries that's what i'm afraid of i'm afraid of a, a democratic controlled house and senate in a, in a few months time that's what i'm scared of that's what this trump cult is going to lead us to it's not going to lead us to president trump it's not it's going to lead us to president newsom or kamala harris that's what's going to happen. It's, that's why it's so dangerous. It's going to push us over that cliff. And the cult members will just claim victimhood again. Trump will just claim victimhood. again. We know that. If Trump wins this primary, which he's not, but if he did and he lost, which he will, in November of 2024, he will simply claim victimhood again. He will claim it was rigged again, and his cult will do the same thing. There will always be perpetual victims in victory and in defeat. Bull, how's it going?
1: Hey, how's it going, man? Um, like where you're All right, going with good. that. pretty <laughs> good. Say um, again, I'm sorry. I, I, I said I like I liked where you're going with that. Um, I definitely do agree Uh i i i on it oh but oh well okay there's two things i agree, and yeah. then i disagree so right, that, right. i agree, i definitely i definitely agree with you when you're stating that um you know this these these new this new this new form of tribalism that we have in our politics is gonna lead us down a very shady path, regardless if that's uh democratic or republican where we're i we've seen this happen with um when we had bush right um yeah. We had Bush, uh, and, uh, you know, we had those rough fucking eight years and then we go ahead and we're like, oh, fucking let's just go ahead and elect Biden because he's black. You know what I mean? Obama and Obama. Oh, sorry, Obama. sorry. Obama and Obama yeah. and Biden, because because you know Obama's black and yeah, you know, Biden's playing Biden right to be there. black, but he's not. He, exactly. <laughs> he said, yeah, he "If you mean. what did what did he say? Yeah. If you don't vote for me, you are if the, don't for I me. You just, ain't black. You ain't yeah, black. That is crazy. Yeah, but but um, nonetheless, you know. So we do, and then we go ahead and we go back and forth on these Republicans and Democrats, and then we get somebody like Trump, who's like you know just fucking kind of supposedly, in, you know uh, locker room talk. We since he's utilizing locker room talk, we think he's shooting it straight, not realizing that, you Good know, point. He's, he, Good he's, point. he's still, he's still, he's still in the fucking, he's still in the hierarchy, he's still in the fucking old, he's an, he's an oligarch in the sense of what he's done in business and how he's, you know, he's still a part of these people, but he's telling you he's a part of these people. And that's why people are like, oh, he's so real. He's so this and that. You know, like, that's a
0: great point. You just make that a lot of his followers, especially his cult members believe That's because he's caught saying something like, remember, this is just like, look, this is just like this indictment stuff. Normal people will say, well, if you're indicted, that's bad for you. But not with his cult, man. With his cult, the indictments are good. With every indictment, they want to propel him to the White House even more, right? And we saw that with that grab him by the pussy statement. Most people who are not in the cult say, oh, Jesus, that's got to hurt him. We know that
1: helped a hundred percent with his. And so cult. this is a a real good ex, um example I can use is like Bill Mars content, right? I like Bill Maher. He's mm-hmm. pretty fucking funny. Yeah. Um. I've watched him since I was a kid that was like my in a form of that was my Carson because I didn't really fuck with Kimmel and I didn't really fuck with uh, you know I, I fucked with Letterman a little bit but um, yeah. he was a little bit above me like I didn't right. understand some of the jokes he was dropping and my knowledge wasn't there so when I got into him I was a little older but nonetheless Bill Maher is out of fucking touch with reality because he he kicks it in a mansion all day right yep. so some of the jokes you hear him say and you're like bro you don't know nah, you don't even know yeah. Like, like you're not a part of the, the group, but you act like you're a part of the group to get that that fandom, right? Yeah. right. And so, what I, but what I, what I, what I will say is, you know, this new fine, newfound tribalism that we that we started to institute in media and politics, I think this is where where we're gonna go ahead and run with me here. I don't believe in the cults. I don't believe in the, the leftist cults. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's Yes, there's extremists in every fucking category, religion, politics, everything, right? But I don't believe that there are like... well at least okay now there are (laughs) technically but um i don't believe it was like a trump cult or a biden cult or like the trans cults right like i don't believe there was a woke cult i think it was the way that media skewed it and put it in our face every day trump maga cults trump maga Mm -hmm. quotes are oh now look at the um then the fox news goes and oh well look at the leftist cults and this that or the other and if you if you string together what it what it Creates it's talking about that that um, that one hundred percent divide and that um, irrational judgment making and we end up with the president or politicians or fucking uh, civil leaders that we follow or influencers. God damn those influencers, those TikTok influencers. We end up following anything, right? I think a big
0: part as we talk about this, and I'm trying to figure out the psychology of the hold that Trump has on people, and I think you kind of put your finger on it when you say it's because he talks like locker room talk he's yeah 100 well
1: he's one of us think about it that way well also a lot of these
0: people a lot of these people in this trump movement are basic people who also at one point or another maybe in their lives have always thought themselves as the victim the victim of government right the victim the government has held them down the man has held them down the establishment mm-hmm. is holding them down and they're trying to do the same thing to this great man who's on our side. So I think maybe right there, I've got a little bit of the psychological connection. Now, as you pointed out, it's all fake. Mm-hmm. Trump has never been held down by anyone. He's not the victim.
1: He was given well, money. Well, if we can <laughs> be honest, though, there was a where there was that ratio, right, of media scrutiny on Trump as opposed to um uh. Uh, Biden, but um, his
0: personality brought that on himself.
1: His personality. No, 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 no. I, I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I, I definitely agree with you. Yeah, if you're, if you're giving media content, they're going to post whatever they can, right? Right. That's clickbait, right? Yeah. Uh, I definitely agree with you there. But at the same time, you know, we had we still have like uh, main things. You know, the Russian dossier. Oh my God, the Russian dossier. And it's like, dude, it's been f- proven that that's not anything that it was literally hillary clinton paid people to do Mm -hmm. this thing right and don't get me wrong i'm not like a fucking i'm not trying to go ahead and be like i'm picking a side what i'm just trying to say is there was definitely uh a difference in 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 how and how a little bit of the politics and the media were playing things with the russian dossier and a lot of the the scrutiny that trump was getting um um i'm cool. gonna just i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of the left wing me.
0: media is full of shit too I, i've never said oh yeah not. yeah no 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 you know, no, so it's, 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 this is, it's, but this is the thing it's it's so
1: this is because i loved what th- this is why i'm kind of like i'm in it with you because i did definitely agree with you it, this kind of environment that we're in this tribalism this fucking you're right you know i mean you're you you can't be right because one percent of your thing is not what i agree with so you're wrong right um we start getting that hive mind and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just more along the lines of I definitely agree with you that this is this is definitely like some form of like fuckery that is going to go ahead and push yeah. us into a category where we cannot return from by picking politicians the way. Well, and it seems as so though in this country,
0: we can't deal with like, like the, the most normal person can't win, right? We can't elect a normal person. Why can't we just elect a normal person? Mm. That's, that's my question to you. It's like a, a normal adult. You know, the normal adult that has the nice little family, the good wife, the family, the way it used to be, right? Like want to hear the truth? Yeah, the camelot days. You know, like a, a normal guy, you know, does not, not a huge ego, not a cult leader, not someone who it's all about them and not about the country. It's about them and what's best for them and their brand. But what, yeah. what what's happened here? Well, we just so, can't
1: have normalcy. Are our lives is, that empty? This is that hard truth, man. It's the it's the aspects of how we politicize things. Like me, I started. I live in California, right? So mm-hmm. I started looking into like you know how to help parks around my neighborhood, and the way that it's designed, man, it's it, it's not really meant for um, aid. It's that you you the they. I guess it's a form of a budget thing and things like this. There's all these politics play into something that's like, hey, bro, I just want to go ahead and give free haircuts at the park from this time to this time. You know what I mean? Like that's not that shouldn't be hard. But you know, we put a lot of things, and it's I guess these little things. I think I think it's this: it's the minor inconveniences in life that go ahead and uh, churn us a, churn us away. Yeah. And if we wanted a normal little guy to do it. I'm sorry to say it, bro, but nobody wants to bust their ass anymore. Nobody likes to work too. I don't get it anymore. I I personally, I work, I fucking try to do my my civil duties, my community duties and, you know, get everything in there, hang out with my family, do my thing, live my life and try not to make excuses for myself, take accountability for, hey, I don't got that much money in the bank. Well, I haven't really been doing this and that. I could do this more. I've been slacking. You know what I mean? I feel Mm -hmm. like we're in a society where people do not take accountability. And people are more so in the aspect of like, oh, it's, um, it's easier to blame something than go ahead and look at yourself and fix it, you know? Well, it is. And we're living in this era of victimhood.
0: And it's, it, like I said, it could be groups like, uh, you know, African-Americans or gays or trans people, or it could be someone like Donald Trump, where it's like, or his, some of his followers, where it's like, we're always the victims. They're always out to get us. That's kind of a, a conspiracy thing in its own right, right? Yeah. That they're always out to get you. We're always that they always have to get us. They're always out to get us, you know, and that's a, a big part, I think, of that of that movement. And yeah, how much Trump like knows what he's doing and doesn't know what he's doing, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much he knows he's playing them or if he's just so crazy himself that this is what he is, you know. So I think that might be it could be a little bit of both. Right. It could be a little bit of both. Yeah. He can't be, get me wrong. He, yeah I... Can he be as crazy as
1: he seems and have gotten to where he is. Maybe in this I country think, you can. I don't know. I, I I think the closest to normalcy, right? Like as far as like putting somebody in the helm and saying, "Hey, man, just shoot it straight to me." I think that's what a lot of uh, uh, a lot of uh, fire or a lot of red flags started popping up with Trump as well, because he was literally. he would be calling you know Taliban leaders and he would be like you know communicate you know first fucking president go see Kim Jong-un they go to North Korea you know what I mean it's like Mm -hmm. these weird things that people are like oh my god this guy is like you know he's really about it and if you look back in time like what presidents wanted to go ahead and talk to their other you know to to uh uh, what's his name um who wanted to talk to castro you know you look at john f kennedy and then you look right. at robert f kennedy these guys wanted to um talk to the the russian prime ministers and all nixon, you know nixon and china nixon and china exactly yeah. and, they, and they had that same message as far as like you know we don't we need to understand where these people are coming from and when you have donald trump doing it it's like oh shit like that's admirable right but then you look into it and you, you see it, it's not all he's still he's still one of those people. Right. And and that's the thing. Like, what well, I, I,
0: I also think that and I've seen this written from Trump supporters on, on Twitter Ooh. is that they don't feel and I think they're right. He's not, he, you know, as, as as crazy as the 2016 Trump could be from time to time, they think it's gotten so
1: much worse now. Well, in
0: other words where the positives don't outweigh the negatives anymore. Well, yeah. He has
1: changed oh, for the okay. worst for so the last
0: eight years. I
1: got a good one on that one. So I think that that stemmed from um, the whole, the whole, like, I'm not going to war for anybody, right? Like his whole candidacy was, um, it wasn't even based on war. He was saying he was going to fuck people up. And people were like, if he has the nukes, he's going to do this, that, or the other, right? And I think since the media made it out to like, oh, he's going to do so much, Damaged in our foreign pol in foreign policy, um and then he kind of he he didn't really do that, you know. He kind of he kind of navigated himself pretty well, and then he go <laughs> fucking guy goes. And I know he did this on on purpose when he's like talking about Syria, and he's like, "Well, we we have like three quarters of uh Syria taken over, and guess what, per- what p- position we're in? We're in the oil fields." He's like, "Why do you think that is?" Like. And when you, when you have a president telling people like, dude, like we're in fucking Syria, right? Like, mm-hmm. and we're not supposed to be, you know what I mean? But I think that's where people are like, oh shit, this guy's really doing it, right? Like, yeah, that's exactly. good, right? You know, and, and then you go ahead and get like, now that whole, the whole thing about the Iraq story, how he um, prevented us from going to war with Iraq over something I mean, not while well, not go, well, going back into war with Iraq um, over like the the non, was it the drone pilot that was flying over Iraqi territory, right? And got exactly. shot down, and he the way he navigated this, like, oh well, that's a that's a good that's a good guy right there. He used critical thinking, and he yeah, like great, right? And it's like then you go, we get Biden, and Biden's like, I'm fucking situating this Ukraine thing, right? And then all that money goes into there. I think it was just the. The timing of everything. Because regardless of how you think of it, the so Ukraine thing was gonna probably happen regardless. Um maybe. I mean, I mean look, I have given
0: I've given Trump credit on the on that front. Mm-hmm. On, on him being so unstable that other world leaders wanted to wait until he was out of the picture. You know, they exactly. let's just let's just let's just wait this out. And they, yeah. They they pretty much figured he'd lose in twenty twenty. So let's just wait it out, you know, and not deal with this nut job, right? I mean mm-hmm. they might have actually said those words. Let's not deal with this crazy American.
1: <laughs> it's just not that's worth wait. it. You know what I mean? Sure, it's it's not, not worth it. it Let's wait, wait
0: a few years, wait them out. Then we'll do it when, you know, uh, someone useless like Biden is in. Someone weak and useless with you know, dementia is in there and then we can do more. Well, see,
1: that's the thing, though. I don't even know if Biden is a weak president because he has them. Like, I think he's more very utilizing him more than ever. You know what I mean? Like You mean um, using him? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You are, uh, You got to say utilizing and make it sound good, right? <laughs> yeah, it makes it sound good. It's not utilizing yeah. him. means getting good things done. Yeah. But yeah. But they, they can use
0: him. He can be more of a puppet. Yeah, of course. There's no doubt about exactly. that. Exactly. Oh, he's, they, he's a huge puppet, you know, yeah. and it's it's to me, it's and I've said this before, you know, and I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but it's very sad that we're in a position where there are people who truly believe that we need four more years of either of these
1: guys. I mean it's, and that, and that's the thing like well the, the the so the I I definitely agree with you there like this isn't logical right mm-mm. this is more of like an act of, like this is like fuck I, I I get to eat a cracker or I get to f- eat um a piece of cheese that's in a <laughs> mouse trap you know what i mean it's like get <laughs> you know, i get to choose this right these are my options it's like this is all i have right and we've got we've gotten to this point with i think that what you were stating earlier is this this um the form of like i get to kind of wrap it up in a in a label is like a form of delusion and a form of idiocracy from americans just mm-hmm. in total we're so separated we're so in and, and i guess i guess it, i don't even know i was talking to somebody about um do you think, like, you know, a place like California, for instance, I live in California. You believe that, like, do I believe, if I ask myself, do I believe Californians can all come together and do one simple thing as far as change homelessness, right? No, yeah. I don't think so. There's so much diversity. There's so much ideology here. And people will, it, it's that 1% that they don't agree with that ruins the whole plan, and it doesn't change anything. Yeah. You know? You know what I mean? And I feel like we've been in this like circle and, and it, they just spice it up with things like Trump and fucking, you know, like, it's just like, Oh, let's just throw this in there. there's going to keep them entertained for a little bit. And it certainly has, you know, we've been stuck on this Trump and Biden thing. Who's going to be around DeSantis, you know, all these different things. It's like, we got to focus on our policies. Let's see what's happening in Inside of our thing, I I think I, I guess it starts. Do you, I, well, I don't know if you agree, but d- it, do you think it starts with more so like who we're putting in as governor and who we're putting in as you know, like um, state attorney, uh, district attorneys, and you know, well, we're seeing
0: that, we're seeing that most of our you know most of our lives are most directly affected by these more local politicians right our mayors our governors the district attorneys and i think people are starting to like understand that now right with the the crime going up that a lot of these liberal da's who are just letting these people out who aren't even prosecuting these crimes who are responsible for this that we need more law and order we need we need criminals to be prosecuted it's pretty simple right prosecute criminals someone commits a crime yeah you put them away. Exactly. That's it. It's, it's, it's really, it's not brain surgery, man. It really isn't. You so know, so I, I think I, people starting to see this. It's a, you know, I think it, we get so, you know, into the sexiness of the presidential election. exactly. Man, but we don't, people need to realize, I think they're realizing it more now these local elections are so important to their everyday. In fact, the local elections uh, to a, a, I think quite a big degree are more important affect their daily lives
1: more than the exactly. present does. Exactly, exactly.
0: Yeah. And, this,
1: and this is what I was telling people, because, <clears throat> you know, I, I kind of talk to, you know, people in my community a lot. So I was just like, hey, like, you know, what do you think, what policies or what do you think you would need to get further in life? You know, what are the simple things? Like, and most of these people are talking about, you know, the government needs to do this. The government needs to do that. Yeah. And it's like we've, 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 I guess we've forgotten what the true concept of a patriot or an American is, you know, Mm -hmm. and like, you know, creating your own establishment. And, and I know there's a war on, um, uh, independent businesses and things like that. I know it's not the fucking easiest thing to start your own business, but when, when you put it onto scale, as far as like how many people think you can start your own business, a majority of people aren't even trying. You know what I mean? Well, They're-
0: California makes it incredibly difficult.
1: That's mm-hmm. a big problem. That's why a lot of people have
0: – that's why a lot of small businesses left here even before COVID. It's just so, There's so many yeah, regulations, yeah. so many hoops you have to go through. Exactly. I see so many businesses fail before they even get started because they don't realize all the – All the – The permitting and all that, yeah. Yeah, all the, all the regulations, the in
1: and that's so. the thing, though, like we a lot of these uh, a lot of these town hall meetings are done not in secret. They they, they tell you, hey, you know, this is this is uh, this is when we're doing it. This is who's going to be here. Right. And you you can see there's, you know, that they they're putting these policies out, but nobody's there. Nobody's actively, you know trying to um, see what's going on and, and what policies are going to be passed because these minor inconveniences of life have affected them so much, so dramatically, that they cannot um, find the time in their day to go ahead and uh, come to these town halls, which are probably going to affect their next year or their next few years, you get what I mean? Right. And Jordan Peterson actually has a very good uh, uh, perspective on it. He said what did he say? He's like, he's like, I like protesters. He's like, they're very interesting people. He's like, you know, people who protest my my speeches and things like that. He's like, but you know what I learned is that I started doing my speeches at eight in the morning. Yeah, and there's protesters there. You know what I mean? And right. it just it just goes to show like where our heads at as people, and like that with if, if if we are getting mad at a psychology professor for going ahead and speaking. S- psychology to us you know uh i think you know our attention is somewhere else well that's what i said
0: earlier in the show is that these especially the left they want to feel good about everything so if you bring up something that doesn't make them feel good if it's factual uh if there's evidence behind it if it's something that's uncomfortable to talk about they just rather they'd rather cancel it they'd rather pretend it doesn't exist and cancel anyone who talks about these things that doesn't make them feel all warm and fuzzy Not everything is about feeling good. And even when we teach stuff in schools, as I said earlier, everything we teach to our students isn't going to make them feel all warm and fuzzy and nice. All right. There's a lot of stuff you need to talk about. You need to teach that may not have that narrative that the left wants, which is that kumbaya thing. We we can't teach anything that's uncomfortable. That's the problem. Exactly. You know, And, and so that's what we get with people like Jordan Peterson. They bring up issues that are real issues. That don't make, especially people on the left, feel comfortable and happy and warm and fuzzy, and they'd rather just cancel the person rather than exactly. dealing with reality. And,
1: and I think that 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 that's a that's also a thing that plays a role in um in this whole in this whole viewing of politics. Right? We want to like we can. I definitely. I'm sorry to say it. I judge people, you know what I mean? I judge mm-hmm. them on the content of their character, you know what I mean? Like I'm like, bro, if you're a piece of shit, you're a piece of shit. But Of course. If you if, yeah. you, if you embrace that and you're like, hey, you know, I know I'm a piece of shit and you hold yourself authentically, by all means, that's a, that's a good piece of shit in my mind, right? <laughs> a good piece <laughs> a of You know of what shit I mean? I, we have, a lot, <laughs> of, we a, have a lot
0: of pieces of shit on the sidewalks here in San Francisco. Like, you you know, you know actual I mean? shit. Like... Actual pieces of shit.
1: <clears throat> Literal pieces of shit. Uh, no, um, my buddy but... actually lives out there.
0: Yeah, so it's, um, where's, where in California are you?
1: Uh, I'm in uh, East L.A., actually.
0: Oh, you're in East L.A.? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: okay, so you're right there in the inner city, basically. Yeah, yeah, I'm like 15 minutes from downtown. I, uh, you know, like I... Do how, how so you know say? all the problems that we have in, oh, in the major Oh, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. But so see, you're in I California. Think, so. Exactly, bro. Like I I feel like it's not really how would I, I don't want to undermine it, right? Like I don't wanna say people aren't working hard because I know I know people. You know what I mean? They're 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 trying, right? But at the same time, like there's no point like how how would you say? Like you know how like they're like everybody's working themselves off a cliff. And it's like if we changed certain policies if we changed certain things and came together uh, uh, for a form of unification in 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 the construct of a a, a simplistic goal right like yeah. with the, you know homelessness it's not that hard to fix but for some reason um it, we we go ahead and put so many different um levels to it and it's like this, I feel at least personally, there are, as somebody who's came from a, a rehab facility, you know, I had a big problem with alcohol, that was my thing. Um, <laughs> I have I have seen the inside of those places and, and I've seen the opportunity those places offer and I've seen the people in those places and the people who have those chances and those opportunities. And I've seen those opportunities wasted. Sure,
0: and Two, there once again. Yeah, people have problems, they have afflictions, but it's up to ourselves. It's up to us to get exactly. out of it, right? Taking accountability. And yes, taking of accountability and using the resources out there to get ourselves out of those situations and not constantly, <laughs> constantly blaming other people. Exactly. You know, it's, it's, they're exactly. Always, always blaming, like, there's unnamed people, the society. Exactly. They're, they're blaming, the <laughs> they, the yeah, blaming the you know system. They're right, blaming the system. Right. For keeping
1: them down. And and if you switch, so what I would do when I would talk to certain people would be, I, I definitely know these people are, you know, going through withdrawals where I'll start smoking a cigarette. And they're speaking, you know, this illogical illogical fucking gabble. And I'm listening to them. I'm truly listening to them, though, so I can go ahead and, you know, give them a response that's not disrespectful, but also um, that's logical, right? And for the most part, when you I switch it, like, hey, you know. yeah yeah i got you um so but for the most part what what i've noticed is that um you so you switch the whole narrative of what they're saying you know the system's out to get me oh this style okay do you believe in the universe and they're like well yeah bro of course i believe in the universe you believe in energy and shit like that yeah yeah man energy stay positive you know all right great do you so you're basically saying that the universe is out to get you then and right. then, and 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 then the whole fucking narrative changes in their mind, and then it's like, no, well, it's not the universe. And I'm like, but 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 that's what you're saying. It's specific, like if we zoom out, right? That's what you're saying. The universe is out to get you, and when you start to, that's when the people start to shut down. How you were saying earlier, and that's the thing. Now remember, you, uh, but logically, look, if these forces
0: out there were so strong, nobody would be able to make it, right? Nobody exactly. would be able to get anywhere if these forces, the universe, the 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 man, the establishment, the big government, whatever it may be, the deep state, whatever you want to blame, uh, was so strong. There wouldn't be all these examples of people who have made it who shouldn't have made exactly. it. Exactly, you know. And that's what a lot of people, you know, who are either you know black or whatever it may be, and are pissed off at. All these people who always claim that they're victims. Yeah, they, but they then are, then, then They mean, try to say, you know, "But I've made it. I mm-hmm. came from. I came from really tough background. I came from a very poor family. I came from a rough neighborhood, and I was able to make it. And not because I was handed anything, or I got lucky, or I won the lotto, or I had a rich relative. Because I found a way. I had the resources. I. I. I, I discovered the resources that helped me to make myself better and to get where you, i want and you together. utilize
1: those resources and right. you chose different pathways when you right. had i mean everybody has the same it's choice in it's the choice. aspect yeah. of hey hey mike do you fucking want to go fucking get drunk and fucking you know do some crazy shit tonight or do you want to go ahead and uh go to work don't get drunk work. and doing some crazy shit sounds great to me right now you, you get what <laughs> i mean you get what <laughs> i mean and, and that's the thing so like when we start to when we start to like Extrapolate all these micro moments or yeah. all these micro choices, we mm-hmm. get to a position of like, oh fuck, where am I at now? We well, also then, get into
0: bad habits that that are easy, right?
1: You get yeah, into bad, oh yeah, yeah, bad
0: habits that are easy to maintain. Those bad habits, you exactly. know, and well, because they're easy habits, they're easy habits. They are. I, I agree, a hundred percent. Yeah, you know I mean? and we've all been there, and uh, and you know, tried to figure a way out of it, or or to realize, you know, this is really. Not working. Not working. I have to I have to make a change. I'm in a rut. Exactly. You know, exactly. You know, and and, and,
1: and, and that's and, the hard part for people. Because in order to admit that, that means you have to admit that what you've been doing for the last six months, the last years or whatever, you've been fucking up. You have And been-
0: that's why a lot of black people who have made it in life are really pissed off at these white liberals who are the ones who are often telling black people, no, no, no. You, you're it's okay. You need help. You need help. Oh yes. Oh no. Let 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 let, let us the white liberal help you. Right? Yeah. Oh, you let know. Let us no, the white this, liberal got, give, we, you we, we, give you reparations. Give you ten we got, million dollars. We got this. We got this, this, you um, make we, it we got this new own.
1: funding program that's gonna go ahead and give you no income housing. Right. You know, but you'll never own the fucking house. Your family yeah. will never. You know what I mean? Like, and more often than not, it's the white
0: liberal that holds the black person down. Why? Because it makes the white liberal feel better feel more important feel superior and that's the psychology behind that
1: yeah and and, and that's the thing It, it stays that way though because people don't want to change you know what i mean and until they get out of that victim mindset which, fuck, I, like I said, I don't, I don't know, man. I'm not really – I'm kind of like a George Carlin towards society. I kind of mm. like giving up on it entirely, but at the oh, same boy, time – boy, we missed enjoy- him. I
0: wish we had him yeah. now, right? Oh, I wish man. George
1: was still around. Exactly.
0: I want to yeah. know what he would say. I, I have a feeling I know, but I'd like to hear him say it, you know, yeah.
1: about I, everything we've experienced over the last three or four years. Oh, yeah. I mean, because when you... How would you say it? When you lay it all out, yes, okay. Corporate interests and uh, corporate ties, everything converges. Yeah. These people are... Yes, these people are in cahoots together. But it doesn't go ahead and change the fact that uh, the the concept of utilizing critical thinking and all that gets you away from that trap, you know? And a lot of people don't... I don't know, man. A lot of people just don't want to do the hard things, you know. They like that sim- simplicity, that the easy going. Don't have to question shit. Just get through life, and and then bitch about it the whole way, though. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <sighs> Thanks for the call, man. I appreciate it.
1: No worries, brother. I call, call, you, man.
0: call again sometime. Definitely, brother. All have right. a good one. All right. Have a good one. You too. Yeah. So, optimization, like I said, it's 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 a common thing. It's a common link. Between a lot of Trump supporters, Trump, and some of these groups that consider themselves marginalized. You know, you would think that African-Americans or, or gays and lesbians or the trans uh, people who consider themselves trans would have nothing in common with Trump and the supporters. But they actually do. This is this cycle of, of victimization. Um, I, I, you know, it, it gotten a little late. I wanted to go through Sean Hannity had a town hall. With RFK Jr. because of course no one on MSNBC or CNN will allow him to speak. So, and it was interesting. I liked the town hall, and there was some clips I wanted to play, but I'll we'll do it tomorrow show. I'll play some. We'll also talk about Glenn Youngkin, who seems to be getting some press lately. But um, one thing I want to mention before I end the show is a really good, uh, a really good tweet from someone on Twitter named a very, very funny Twitter handle, actually. Whitey McWhiteface. (laughs) MAGA is not a movement. MAGA is not a plan. MAGA is not a vision. MAGA is a slogan. MAGA is a Twitter handle. MAGA is a grift. Nobody in that movement fights for any conservative principles. They don't fight for fiscal conservatism. They fight for a man. DC sees and smiles, and that's perfectly said. And that man fights for himself. He doesn't care about his cult members. He doesn't care about, uh, he doesn't care about his constituents. He doesn't care about the voters. He doesn't care about America. He certainly doesn't care about the Republican Party and what's best for the Republican Party. He cares about what's best for Donald John Trump. That's it. All right. I think I'll end on that note. There's some other things, but we'll we'll move it to. Yeah, we'll move it to tomorrow's show. We'll also talk about Joe Biden talking about book banning and all that. And uh, I'll play that some of those RFK Jr. clips from the uh, from the Hannity you know, town hall. Okay, the name of this show is "And Let's Be Heard," and it airs weeknights, eleven p.m. Pacific, two a.m. Eastern. So I'll see you right back here tomorrow night. But until then, this is Mike Cachopoli reminding you that you're. Influence counts, use it.